1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: For the cheese heads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is PAX What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the PAX What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And we are back. Um, second week of OTAs for the Packers, the mandatory minicamp portion of the off-season program will begin next week. That'll be June 13th to 15th. So basically everybody on the roster will be there. These are not optional. These are the required practices for the team, which means that we are getting closer and closer to actual training camp and actual
0: NFL football.
1: I can't believe it's already June. Perry, this, this year is kind of flying.
0: I know. I don't want to think about it time flies (laughs) okay
1: but yeah any i mean we said that this would probably not be a packer heavy show we're going to talk about the nfc north and some of the changes that they made this week but any quick thoughts packers had their second week of otas this week and now they're off until that june 13th date when they start that mandatory practice
0: yeah um obviously we're not there so we're getting like lots of secondhand information but Um, everything looks to be pretty status quo. And I feel like at this point in the year, no news is probably good news, right? Like (laughs) everyone's pretty much shown up, even though it was optional training camp. Um, Jordan loves throwing to all his people. Rookies are getting in the mix. And uh, I am excited to see what it's like when the whole team is there, because there have been some kind of key players who haven't come naturally because they were voluntary. Um, we're going to have like Jair and Rasul back next week. So it'll be fun to see Jordan up against like the actual ones.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, obviously some players are available to the media after all these practices and they're saying what you want them to say, right? Jordan Love is talking about what it's like leading the team. It sounds like him and Romeo Dobbs have a really, really good connection. Matt LaFleur even mentioned it at the podium Um, Some highlights, I guess, you know, he's talked about Luke Luke Musgrave and how they haven't had that kind of athletic tight end prospect in the building in a couple of years. So that's really exciting. Um, Colby Wooden, the Packers, uh, one of their draft picks to play defensive end or kind of that interior of the defensive line. He's been taking some reps with the ones. So just kind of some of those little insights that you see um, from players and from Matt LaFleur these these initial OTA practices um, Dobbs and Watson kind of leading the wide receiver room as second year players um, Preston Smith talking about how everybody's really stepping up around the locker room to kind of lead one another and assist one another. So it seems like a really close knit team from what, you know, you can glean from the internet basically,
0: since we're not there in the locker room in person. Yeah, I agree. And again, I just think like, call it what you will, but this new changing of the guard, if you will, um, is kind of fun to watch, right? Like they're all closer in age. Um, I think they all probably get each other. If you saw over the holiday weekend, they're all up in Door County at AJ Dillon and Gabrielle's house, um, with their significant others. And I know that some of that off the field stuff, like, you know, you can call it, oh, just, you know, drama, reality show, ha no one cares. But like, Off the field bonding makes your on the field, you know, connection that much stronger. Um, And so I love to see that the guys also enjoy spending time together.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it is not surprising that Romeo Dobbs is right now Jordan Love's primary target when he flew out to California to practice together. So like these things Mm -hmm. that they're doing in the offseason are only going to make it easier for them to transition in training camp. Like you said, really excited to see guys like Jagger back in the fold, Rasul Douglas, and see what this offense looks like. Um, Because, of course, there are growing pains. You can't make any assumptions based off the things you're reading on Twitter. But lots to clean up, but lots, I think, to really like, too. Absolutely. So let's talk about then what's going on across the rest of the NFC North. I get to do this series every offseason with Packaday, day and it's always a ton of fun to, to realize how much the rest of the division has changed because we, you know, go over the Packers roster with a fine-tooth comb, but we don't necessarily always stop and think about all of the other roster moves that are taking place each offseason. So starting with the biggest news that we got this week, we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings and the fact that they'll be releasing Delvin Cook, who is... I don't know. This surprised me. I mean, he's hit the Pro Bowl last four years, over a thousand yards last multiple seasons. He's only, what is it, 27 still? Um just what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, uh I think before I dive into my thoughts on like the actual Dalvin Cook move, the just in general, I'm a little bit kind of confused on what the Vikings like plan of action is right yeah. now. because mm-hmm. they I've gotten rid and we'll go through the, I'm sure a few more of these players in a bit, but they've gotten rid of some key players, but it's not like exactly they're getting younger because they're still like fully heavily invested in Kirk cousins. Um, but they do have a very young wide receiver core. Um, their GM is pretty happy to tra- trade away picks which he's done the last two drafts, um, even traded with the Packers. And I don't know. I, I just think I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing the vision. That being said, the Dalvin Cook move doesn't necessarily surprise me, and I actually don't know if it's really that bad of a thing. Because, look, but running backs are not as valuable as some other position groups. Daven Cook is still young and I think that's the piece that is a little bit questionable, but he wanted a lot of money and he wasn't willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Vikings. So now he's going to be able to test himself in free agency. Do I think he's going to get more potentially than what the Vikings would have offered him on that quote unquote pay cut to be seen? Because just like the way the league values running backs right now, I actually don't know. It might've just been smarter for him to stay in Minnesota but Minnesota must feel like that they have a good enough backfield to replace him. Is that true? That remains to be seen. Dalvin cook is one of the most dynamic running backs out there. You know, we we've watched him slash the Packers, <laughs> you know, run defense twice a year for a number of seasons now Four four time pro bowler. He's a phenomenal player. So I it's, I think TBD for the Vikings, whether this is a smart move or not, I understand it from a monetary perspective, though, for sure. That I get. Um, But, like, Alexander Madison, he's good enough, right? It's just a matter of, like, how much is the run game going to be a part of this Vikings offense and how much does it matter who's in the backfield. And I think if you're looking at the way they're roster building, they're going to be heavily leaning on their wide receivers.
1: Yeah, so, I mean – obviously the re-signing of Alexander Madison was a really significant move that they made because he's now going into the season. You know, I think even if they were to bring in like a Zeke Elliott at this point, I think Alexander Madison, the backfield belongs to him. So that, you know, is telling the way that they feel about him. They think he can be the guy. Especially, I mean, we're seeing it now with so many teams across the league, the backfield by committee approach. So I think they'll be okay. There obviously are some bigger shoes to fill there with the the weapon that Dalvin Cook was in the receiving game as well. You know, you said he was one of the most dynamic backs in the league, and that's part of why. Um, so let's really quickly talk about these losses before we talked about some of the players that they brought back. Obviously, you talked about the wide receivers. Adam Thielen, probably one of the more significant losses in free agency. Dalvin Tomlinson along their defensive line went to Cleveland. Patrick Peterson, a really big loss. Uh, the corner, Eric's, Eric Kendricks, the linebacker, Jandon um, Sullivan, their nickel, and then trading Zadarius Smith to Cleveland. So, some pretty significant losses. And something I want to kind of mention here, too, when we talk about these pieces and you know, looking for your thoughts on this too, the Vikings did have a coaching change. They brought in Brian Flores to be their new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of Dalvin Tomlinson, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, these vocal leaders on your defense, yes, you can argue that the Vikings are trying to put themselves in a better cap situation. They're trying to get younger. But are you really giving your defensive coordinator the best opportunity to succeed when you're getting rid of some of these players? Like Eric Kendricks, you know, was – one of the vocal centerpieces of this Vikings defense. So just really curious what it's going to look like this year, um, because I'm not sure if they have many of the guys left right now.
0: Eric Hendricks is one of the most underrated, I think linebackers in the league for so many years. But I also think a lot of the names you just listed are guys who are kind of on the wrong side of the age range. Right. And so Yes, there's something to be said about that presence. And I don't we don't know how involved Brian Flores has been in roster building and decision making. But I have to imagine, you know, he would go to front office leadership and say, no, I I need to keep that guy. It's also worth noting that they're pretty open about like being willing to trade Daniel Hunter. Mm -hmm. So it all fits with this idea, like you said, of like new coaching staff turning over a new leaf trying to get younger they're just going to have to be willing to be not that good right and this defense wasn't that good it was very underperforming um, in this last season that's why they made this change and i think brian flores was an amazing coaching hire i hate it as someone who's packers fan (laughs) but it is amazing coaching hire in the sense that he's going to make them more aggressive And he's going to be looking for players who I think have the, a different type of play style and athleticism than what this roster currently offers. So why not get what you can from these guys while you can?
1: Yeah. And I I mean, I think there is something to be said about looking at, you know, and again, this is on paper, right? We're not seeing this, any of this performance on the field yet, but um, sometimes you can look at a roster and you're like, Oh, they have the guy, they have multiple, the guys, like, Jair Alexander is one of those players. Um, Rashawn Gary is one of those players like Kenny Clark. You can look at the Packers roster and say, oh, they have the guy. If you look at the Vikings defense as a whole, you know, I think they think that they might have some guys and they might, you know, they, they traded or they signed Marcus Davenport in free agency, former first round pick, hoping he can, you know, kind of live up to that billing, but like their front is Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, and Daniil Hunter right now. So you're, you're asking for a lot of production from a guy like Dean Lowry, who has never had to be the guy.
0: Right. Yeah. And Daniel Hunter is an incredible player. Right. I think like all yeah. the people left on this roster, like Daniel Hunter is the, the guy. guy. <laughs> and he's still like right on the right side of 30. So I think shopping him is an interesting choice. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they did sign a number of really fun, young defensive players prospects, I'm thinking mostly like Louis Seen, who unfortunately had a really gruesome injury, but probably would have been a starter as a rookie. And they just have to hope that they made the right choices in their draft picks and these guys develop into playmakers, into the guy.
1: Yeah, so free agency additions that they brought in. I mentioned Marcus Davenport, the Edge uh, from New Orleans. They brought in Byron Murphy, who I really like, the corner. I think that, you know, has the potential to be a really nice addition for their secondary. Joe Juan Williams uh, from New England. They brought in Troy Reed with the linebacker, wide receiver Brandon Powell, tight end Josh Oliver, and then you know, the aforementioned Dean Lowry. So they did make some additions, re-signed their center, Garrett Bradbury, Alexander Madison, who we talked about brought back their kicker, uh, Greg Joseph. So they did have, I think, you know, they didn't have necessarily that many holes to fill. I just am not sure that the moves that they made, they won the division last year. And let's just say, I don't think they're going to be in that same position this year.
0: I agree with you. I think like sneaky, this Vikings team is going to be one of in the bottom of this division. Um, (laughs) And I think they're also in a little bit of a rebuild. But like I said at the top of this, like I think it's a very strange looking rebuild when you have so much invested in your quarterback. Um, So depending on where they end up at the end of the season, like that just might be something that they look to draft. And maybe that's what they have their sights set on, right? Maybe this is a little bit of a lost season, but again, I find, this is where I'm, again, I'm like the vision. Like I find that odd after a season where they won 13 games, right. And had an early exit from a playoff push that I think they hoped lasted a little bit longer. So I, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a remains to be seen for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, so rounding out the Vikings before we move on to another NFC North uh, foe, we've got their draft class brought in with their first-round pick, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. Um, That could be a really fun, scary tandem with Justin Jefferson. Uh, In round three, they took Makai Blackman, the corner, out of USC. Round four, Jay Ward, the safety. Round five, they took Jacqueline Roy, the defensive tackle. Uh, in round five, again, they took Jaron Hall, a quarterback, and then round seven, they took Dwayne McBride, a running back. So only six picks for the Vikings this year. And I think, you know, we talked about, like, losing some of their key pieces on defense. Um, I'm just not sure they brought in enough in free agency and in the draft to kind of make up for some of those losses. I'm not sure, you know, what the ceiling is for this team, but I agree with you that I think third or fourth in the division feels feels right.
0: Yeah. Safe to say they're not going to win 13 games again this season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Andrew had a really good point about that too. They were like historically good in one score games. Like those games fell their way a significant amount of the time. And that kind of luck just doesn't typically happen again in at least not the following season. Let's shift gears then. Let's move on to the bears, our friends in Chicago. They, they, spent a lot of money in free agency, made a lot of moves. Some free agency additions, including Tremaine Edwin, Tremaine Edwin, and today Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards when they're together Too confusing two inside linebackers, Rasheem green and Demarcus Walker, the defensive ends, defensive tackle, Andrew Billings, quarterback, PJ Walker, running backs, Travis Homer and Deonta Foreman, tight end, Robert Tunyon, and guard Nate Davis. So spent quite a bit of money to kind of revamp that inside linebacking core and that defense that lost Roquan Smith in the middle of the season.
0: It's interesting because you listed a lot of names, but like besides Tremaine Edmonds and quite frankly, Robert Tunyon, I I don't know how much those players like really move the needle, right? They all feel like really, really, really solid depth pieces but for a roster that was so devoid of talent and like real true blue chip starters, I still don't know who those players are, you
1: know? Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. And like the, the players that they re-signed Dante Pettis and Nathan Peterman. So, I mean, really, you know, they were the worst team in the league. Right. And they had to do some things to get better. Their losses, David Montgomery, which we'll talk about really interesting. Uh, Riley Reef, the tackle went to new England and then, Yeah, I mean, just a lot of roster churning, but I think necessary churning because they were again the worst team in the league last year. Yeah,
0: and like again, all of those signings are players they needed. That's not to like Mm -hmm. diminish the fact that like this roster needed depth, right? They needed those players, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, still, you know, who is that like? When you think of the Bears, you're like, who is that core, Mm -hmm. right? Who is there? QB one, wide receiver one, running back one. And you're like, okay, well, we know they think Justin Fields a guy and they have Chase Claypool. Traded for DJ Moore. He's, I guess, now they're... They're two. Okay, great. I actually think that that was awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, then it's just, like, the rest is depth. You know, like, is Travis Homer going to be running back one now? Um I I just think they still have a lot of questions to answer. And that's not to say that, like, the Bears this season are, I think, in a place where it's like, let's just be better than than last year. It's a low bar, but, like, all they need to show is growth, that they're moving in the right direction, right? They could have – they could be a six-win team, but it matters that they're putting together a handful of complete games and or complete halves and that Justin Fields – looks better right is he developing the connections with his wide receivers is the defense growing that that's a successful year for the bears at this point so again it's just on paper we can ask ourselves you know does this do we think this team has what it takes to do that don't know personally i don't think so
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think what the Bears have done, I really liked their draft class, honestly. You know, they, I think some fans were a little upset that they passed on a guy like Jalen Carter at a position of need for them. They really Mm -hmm. needed some defensive tackle help um, to take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle, because now, I mean, now you have to hope that he is like a premier starter. I think if you're going to gamble, you know, with that 10th overall pick, that's significant,
0: But I like the choice of protecting Justin Fields. I agree, running for his life.
1: (laughs) Right. You just, I mean, you you hope that he is of the tackles that were available, like the right choice um, to become an immediate impact player. Intended. Gervin Dexter, uh, the defensive tackle out of Florida, they took in the second round, and then Tyreek Stevenson, the corner. Zach Pickens, defensive tackle. Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas. I love. Obviously, everybody's talking about Bijan Robinson, but Roshan Johnson, I think, is a steal of a player. Um, Tyler Scott, the wide receiver. Noah Sewell, uh, Penny Sewell's younger brother, the linebacker from Oregon. Uh, Terrell Smith, the corner from Minnesota. Travis Bell, the defensive tackle. And then Kendall Williamson, a safety. So, I think what they did honestly is just restock their cupboards, right? Like they just grabbed so many depth pieces. I don't think they're expecting really anybody outside of maybe Darnell Wright to be a starter this season based on the moves that they made in free agency. But I think that's good for this team because to be a good team, you need to have those kind of depth pieces. And we don't know, you know, you said, we don't know what this team's going to look like this season. I think six or seven wins feels attainable. Um, but I think they're setting themselves up, themselves up really well for, two years from now, you know, when these guys start to really develop. I think that's what these moves are made to do.
0: Right. And that exactly. I mean, that's like, again, you want to do a vision comparative, right? Like you can see the vision with the bears. It's like the lions a couple of seasons ago, they have to put the building blocks together and they have to be looking a couple of seasons ahead because you know, this is not the year, but we want this year to springboard them. We, as in, you know, the broader, we not actually, we, uh, sitting on That's what she said, <laughs> just bring more of them forward, you know, um, to get to a place where they can maybe be a winning team again. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about then the front runners, or who we think maybe are the front runners in the NFC North. And I, I want to go out and just say, I think the NFC North is wide open. It I is. don't know if I would be surprised if any of these teams won the division. I think that you could, you know really make a case for any team to finish just about anywhere. I think the Packers are going to be better than people think want to put that out there, but I I can see the case for the lions, you know, winning the division this year.
0: Um, Oh, same. I, yeah. I mean, on paper, right? Like, and the team that just, you know, ended the season, I think better than the rest, even though maybe again, on paper, it didn't look that way. Like the lions are on the up. Yes. Which we hate.
1: I mean, yeah, it's okay. It's it's better than the Vikings or the Bears. The Lions for
0: so long have been like the NFC North's baby brother, and it's like, oh, you're so cute, and now it's like, oh no, he's like now grown, and he's like six two, and like not a baby he's anymore. The older yeah, brother, what the heck? <laughs> he's like going to prom, and you're like, wait, shoot, <laughs> you're not supposed to actually grow up.
1: <laughs> I know, because now we're old. Okay, all right. So free agent additions for the Lions. I really like the moves they made in free agency. Brought in Cameron Sutton from Pitt. David Montgomery, the running back from Chicago, was interesting considering their draft, but we will talk about that. A safety CJ Gardner-Johnson, corner Emmanuel Mosley, wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr., and then Graham Glasgow from Denver. They re-signed Alex Anzalone, the inside linebacker, safety CJ Moore, Uh, Nate Sudfeld as their backup, and then they brought back their kicker Michael Badgley. So some, some good additions, I think, to this Lions roster, especially on that defensive side of the ball.
0: Yes. And this is what I mean. Like when I'm talking about the Bears and I'm like, who are the guys that move the needle for me in free agency? Like the Detroit Lions brought in guys that are going to move the needle. CJ Gardner Johnson is going to be a game changer for them on that side of the ball. You hate it because they that secondary tore apart the Packers offense last season. But you see right why they made the decision to bring someone like that in. Not only is he a player on the field, he's got the attitude that fits what uh, Dan Campbell is trying to build on this team. It just, it makes sense. Um, you said it, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but like David Montgomery, is a great signing. I think that's a huge loss for the bears and it'll be interesting to see the way they use him in some kind of running back rotation. Obviously they lost Jamal Williams, uh, brought in David Montgomery. They drafted a very fun running back as well. So you The Bears and the Lions, the Bears are, like I said, a couple of steps behind where the Lions are at right now, which is the Lions' bar for this season is making the playoffs. I think you don't make the playoffs, and that is a disappointing season for the Lions because of all they've invested and all the moves that they've made, not just this offseason, but the last like two, pretty much ever since they traded away Matthew Stafford, they've been building towards the 2023 season as the Lions finally making it back into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I think it's coming and I think, you know, it makes a ton of sense. There are free agent losses, They traded Jeff Akuda to the Falcons, traded DeAndre Swift to the Eagles, but they lost corner Mike Hughes, wide receiver DJ Chark, safety Deshaun Elliott, running back you mentioned Jamal Williams, uh, corner Amani Arouarie, guard Evan Brown, and then defensive end Austin Bryant. So I think given their losses, they more than made up for those losses with their free agent signings. I mean, they revamped their entire secondary CJ Gardner-Johnson. Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley will literally all be starters on this defense. So just you hate it, you know, as a Packer fan, but really nice moves from the lions in this
0: off season. Yeah. Just objectively, you look at this roster building and you're like, well done, right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're filling in the holes where they need to be. Unfortunately you lost some players that maybe you would have liked to keep. That's the nature of the business. That's the game, but there's no one that they lost that I don't think they act, uh, adequately
1: replaced. Inadequately replaced.
0: Thank you. Inadequately <laughs> replaced. It's Friday. We can't talk today. We're ready. For I don't know. No, my brain is so fuzzy and I love their draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their draft was
1: It was so fun. Right. And I mean, I think, I think the criticism of the draft, we talked about this a little bit, was the order that the players were selected. Like it's weird, you know, 12th overall to take Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, because, you know, teams or the pundits had him as a second round talent. If the Lions love him, go get your guy. It's not going to matter, you know, five years from now, if he hits as a pick round one, uh, number 18, they took Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. Uh, Then in the second round, they took Sam Laporta, the tight end, and Brian Branch, the defensive back, Uh, Hendon Hooker, the backup quarterback of the future, we're thinking, Broderick Martin, the defensive tackle, Colby Sorsdahl, the offensive tackle, and then Antoine Green, a wide receiver. So I agree with you. This was just such a fun draft. And I think there's a chance, you know, you've got Jameer Gibbs pushing for significant playing time right away, Sam Laporta. We'll see a ton of the field, especially with TJ Hawkinson now going to the Vikings. Brian Branch I think is going to going to get some looks especially at Nickel so a lot of guys that should see playing time right away.
0: Yeah. No, this was super fun. And how can you not get amped up when you see the guys in that room so excited about the picks that they've made. Like you know that they got the dudes that were high on their board that they wanted and so great, right? This is that's the point of the draft is hopefully getting people that fit into what you want to do and not necessarily what like the broader media landscape thinks is the right thing, right? Nobody cares about your mock if Jameer Mm -hmm. Gibbs is phenomenal on the field. Um, I think the Lions are the Packers' biggest competition this season, hands Mm -hmm. down, like without question. Um, And I think that that's really fun and new and awesome. And I just remember it's taking me back to kind of like, the days of like the Stafford Rogers, you know, like true kind of rivalry, not that it was ever one that was like too real, but you know, like how much Rogers really respected Stafford as a talent. And they had some dogfights, you know, you think about you know Miracle and Motown and those years where those were fun games. And I think the lions are going to bring it. They have, they have the talent and I think they have the coaching behind the talent and the locker room, you know, culture to be a winning team again. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Is turning around a franchise that has just been losers for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term for so long. And they're not anymore that, like I said, this is playoff or bust this year.
1: Yeah. So before we wrap this up, I, I do, I'm curious your thoughts on this. You know, obviously the games aren't played on paper. We think we've seen some significant improvement for these teams, but my perspective on this season you know as of June 9th there's a lot can change but I think nine wins could realistically win the division like I'm not sure that any of the teams are talking about I think the Lions could be the cream of the crop in the north I'm not sure any of these teams come out and are like 13 win teams like I think nine or 10 wins probably gets you the north or at least a comfortable spot in the playoffs
0: I hadn't thought about it but I agree with you mostly because besides the fact that I think all four teams like you said you could give me any order of the way the NFC North is going to shake out this season and i'd believe you mm-hmm. right like who knows and on top of that you said it the NFC North is wide open not the NFC North the NFC as a whole um so like again if you win the division with 9 wins you might not even be in seventh seed in the NFC this year. Like you look at, look at the NFC South. Like you could, you know, even you could be a wild card or you could have a home game, you know, like who knows? Well, if you win the division, you have a home game anyway, but you know what I mean? It's just like, who knows what this is. It's just about going out there and I don't know, being better than last season. So let's really quickly, just as we wrap this up, did the Vikings get better or worse? And you can't
1: say they stayed the same. They got worse. Agreed. Bears, better or worse? It's hard to get worse, so better. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Lions, we think, got better. What about the Packers? <sighs> See, I don't know how to answer that question. I know. It's, it's a loaded question because so much of the, the team is unproven.
0: Because are the Packers better than their missing the playoffs eight-win season last year? I hope so. Mm-hmm. I want to think so. I hope the moves they made were Right. because of that. Right. Are they better than the team that we know and love and have watched for the last decade? No. No, I can't say yes to that. So I think it's like, it's a dual answer. Yeah,
1: we can, it's our show. We can cheat. We'll answer for everybody but the Packers. The Packers are just, there's just... Too much is new, but any, any final thoughts before we wrap the show this week, I will be gone next week, I will be on vacation, but you will have a special guest. So everybody TBD, stay tuned to see who Perry brings on the show. Yeah, um, I'm
0: gonna keep that one in my back pocket. Um, I hope you have a great time guys. Everyone wish Maggie so much fun on her vacation. So deserved. <laughs> um, final thoughts are just that football is back. We're going to go into a little bit of a dead zone for a hot minute, and then August is going to be here before we know it, and we're going to be talking preseason and real football games, and I can't wait. I'm so ready to be able to finally definitively answer those questions that you just asked.
1: Yeah, and that's the fun of the offseason, right? (laughs) We
0: have to make up our
1: content, but pretty soon the content will be here for us. There's mandatory minicamps. Then there will be training camp, preseason, and before you know it, the regular season will be here. But we are not going to wish away your summer because if you live somewhere like me and you live in Wisconsin, you probably have like two more weeks of summer. So enjoy the weather. Um, Stay safe if you are somewhere where the air quality is not good. Um, And we'll see you here next week. But that is all the time that we have for today's show. You can follow the podcast at PWSS Podcasts on Twitter. Find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Catch her next week. Uh, Perry, do you want to plug the ESPN show you're doing the pack lunch?
0: Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to be on ESPN Milwaukee on Thursday. So that is, uh, Thursday, June 15th. You can catch me on, uh, ESPN Milwaukee. I don't know what time I'll be on yet, but it'll be with, uh, Gabe Neitzel and, uh, oh, and Jen Latta. So that'll be really fun. um, total surprise don't know what they're going to ask me yet but i can't <laughs> wait um i miss being on the radio so i think it's going to be a really fun time hopefully i'll represent pax when she said well
1: of course never a doubt so yeah make sure you check that out next week make sure you stay tuned to see who perry's fun surprised guest will be and uh yeah make sure you stick around enjoy all of the packers content we'll be back throughout the summer as always but thank you for listening and go pack go go pack go